For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. We want to flat out dominate. We we don't want them to get on the bus or the plane and think they had a shot. That's what we're trying to do. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 265 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcasts and Spotify video users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. And we are back. Ken Clark, Zoe, DeLorean. What's good, fellas? What's up, B. Corsi? What's going on, Zoe? What up? What up, Tiger Nation? What's happening, man? What's up, Super Producer Corsi? What up, Ken Clark? What up, the Alla family? I, I can see the smiles on your faces, fellas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Still smiling, right? I, I don't yeah. even know where to start, man. I don't know where to start. I, I'll start here. Coach Prime, he does it again, right? He is batting what, Zoe? A thousand. We say it all the time. He's betting a thousand. When this man speaks, people need to listen. He's not just talking. What he says, it has it has meaning, it has value, it has substance behind it. He's been telling us all along that the plan is to dominate, right? He said the right. team last team that won the SWAC championship swept through the SWAC uh, wasn't a dominant team. And that's all he's been preaching. And he told us a couple of days ago that he doesn't want the opposition to get on the plane going back or the bus going back home feeling like they had a chance. He wants them to know that they didn't even stand a chance. And I know that's how FAMU went home on Saturday, on Sunday, rather. So a whole lot to unpack. I don't know where to start, but give me some initial thoughts on on this dominating win. Well, I mean, uh, it was everything that Coach Prime wanted. We just left no doubt. You know, the offense dominated, defense dominated, special teams dominated. Everybody showed up uh, and pretty much filled Coach Prime wishes, man. Safe to say that Florida a and left their game and their fans left their game without a shadow of a doubt that Jack State dominated them. I mean, to Zoe's point, if you just go and take the, the comments from Coach Willie Simmons, head coach mm-hmm. of the family Rattlers, he said that this game was tougher than their first game. You know, they took on uh, UNC, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we, talk, we talked about it. Zoe, Zoe and I touched on it a lot, you know, after that game. Um, <laughs> Zoe DeLorean strikes again and says, 
Hey man, hey, Jack State defense is, is tougher than UNC, and, and it sounds like it sounds crazy. And that's one of the things that we touched on the entire time uh, this weekend. Is just like it sounds crazy to say that, but in actuality, when you really look at everything that the coach, the coach, uh, the coaches went out to try to address to see it come to life, you see that it's not so crazy when saying that. Because I mean, bro, that was an utter beatdown, and like I said on on Sunday. We could have very easily put up 70 points. And I know we're going to probably touch on it because there's two plays that I can pinpoint that I know for a fact that had it happened, Herman Smith, you owe me one, brother. Uh, that pick six, J.D. Martin, that drop pass over in the Hey, man, it could have very easily been 70, uh, 70 points put up. So, like Zoe said, total domination from a – I mean, from the coaching to every uh, uh, level, every uh, position group. I mean, from the time we got to Miami, we dominated. So – uh, kudos to the coaching staff and the team for making a statement. Like I said on the piece, said it. this was a statement it. game. And they made a statement. Love it. What a statement. Man, there's so many talking points. There's so many things we could take away from this game. Like I said, I, I literally don't know where to start, but I think we have to start with QB1, number two, sure. And I, I, you guys know I'm notorious when it comes to talking about the leap that any college football player makes from year one to probably any professional player as well in any sport. So I expected Shadur to be better, but I wasn't expecting to see what I saw on Sunday. And if I, when I think about it, like why, why was he able to get so much better? I think it was a, several things. A, that, again, that progression that any player should have from year one to year two. But if you factor in an improved offensive line and then Coach Brett Bartolone, three those are three major reasons why he had that leap. But you talk about, I'll let you guys take. I don't even want to get started on Shadur. Composure. The go ahead, though. I, I know you want to talk about this. I mean, yeah, you get the you get on the head. I mean, it's um, it's the obvious growth. First, it's the visual. What we see, he's gotten bigger. Um, but also, he he was always confident, but now he's exuding his confidence. And he's he's spreading he's spreading it out amongst the office of stat you know office of uh, team, but also you go into like dare I say he's running faster now, he has total command of the offense, total command of his arm and ball placement. Um, he's great when he's a true pitcher at quarterback to me. You know he has the uh, the arm to throw for velocity, throw deep, throw timing, uh, and he has great uh, accuracy on where he on ball placement for his receivers, and he showed that on the run too. But the one thing that also stood out to me with this team that we well the main issue from last season, you guys, was we didn't start slow. We didn't start slow this game. We took the open, we you know we kicked off soon we got the ball first possession. Methodical drew long drive down the field and we scored. Mm-hmm. You know, only one we did that only one other time all of last season. Mm-hmm. So that right there is a big star contrast in the new growth and the new development of this offensive team. Um they call him Grom for a reason. Uh, Shador looked like a pro on on Sunday, and, and I mean that. I mean, barring hey, we, you know, when we when we're doing this, we, we can project. I mean, we know that after three seasons, you can enter the NFL. But Corinzo, he was seventeen for seventeen. I don't care what level you're playing on; it's hard to do. It's hard Corey, to we do. can play. We can play Madden right now. Bro. It's it's hard to do seventeen for seventeen. And to be real with you, if you look at his first incompletion, the first incompletion came as a result of Isaiah Land getting to him a little quicker, and he he, he didn't get it off because Dallas Daniel was wide open. So he was mm-hmm. slightly short on that pass 
But like Zoe said, not to be redundant, to try to pick up a couple of points that uh, you haven't mentioned was it was total command of the of the uh, of the offense. And he talked about that in the post game uh, press conference. He talked about how he trusts Coach Bartolone. And I know that's that 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 Coach Bartolone making his debut for Jackson State is a story within itself. So I don't want to delve too deep into that because we, <laughs> we talk about that all night. But I'll say it this way, Corey Zoe. Tiger Talk had a chance to go check out the facilities, right? What was the thing that we talked about when we had a chance to go and view the upgraded facilities at Jackson State? There was nobody there but, you know, uh, uh, us and, 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 and one coach. And who pops in the room? Who pops into the facility? Ron comes in, and he's looking for a coach. Uh, we had uh, our offensive line show. What'd they tell us? They said, hey, man. He wasn't happy. He wasn't satisfied with what he was seeing. He went to the whole office and said, look, I practice. I need everybody on the field. We've been to do it over and over and over again. And when you see it, and you see it come to life and manifest itself, it, it, it was just, it was a thing of beauty, man. So uh, hats off to QB1, man. We, he called himself in third person. He said two, two look pretty good out there. He didn't say it that way. Two got a pretty good offensive line, and, and two looked really good uh, on, on Sunday, man. So that was that was a thing of beauty, man. He could have really done a whole lot more, but Coach Prime called the dogs off, man. Let, let him sit in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Still finished with five tugs. It could have easily been, you know what I'm saying, 400 yards. could have been seven tugs. We, we never – hey, man, that was that was wonderful, man. So, like I said, Shador is is uh, the real deal, man. And, and one last thing, I, I said this today. I said Shador could do what he, what he did on Sunday – on any team in the country. Mm-hmm. You put him on any power five, big not trying to put him on another roster, but it doesn't matter where you put him because that kind of skill set uh, on that level and that type of position, that type of accuracy is just, it can be appreciated. So we saw a professional playing on Sunday as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if we were to give out game balls, it, it, it would be tough because a lot of the guys had some outstanding performances, but I know one game ball will go to Shadur, but I want to spotlight a guy. I want to transition over to the offensive line, but, but before we talk about the offensive line as a whole, I just want to spotlight one guy. I, I wonder if you guys can guess who I'm going to say. Ooh. On offense? Uh, on the offensive line, let's see if you can get if I can spotlight one guy before we talk about the unit as a whole. See if we're on the same page. It's not gonna be my guy, so I'm gonna say Willis Patrick. I'm gonna say Demetri Jordan. Demetri Jordan, why can't Clark? And, and, and listen, one. Willis Patrick, don't get me wrong though, they no, all did an outstanding job. We're gonna talk about the entire offensive line. So we could talk about them individually, but I mean, just one I want to give some special recognition to. Why, why Ken Clark? Why well, did you this say is why I would. This is why I would say Demetri Jordan. We had Demetri Jordan penciled in as a guard, left guard, right? For one, he's the only player from the previous offensive line that started on Sunday. He, he started at left guard last season. Now, I did not have him. I know we kind of did our little mock starters. I didn't have Demetri Jordan starting at left tackle. I didn't see that coming, and uh, he held his own, and he had the daunting task Thank of you. zeroing in on Isaiah Land all game. That's one That's why. Now he I did. Mean, now hold on. He did okay. get a personal foul, and I, I, I take that. What we say? I'll take so that. I, I take that. 
Because he was protecting his quarterback. Now, now, now granted, that. we don't want the 15 yard penalty, but Dimitri Jordan. Shout out to Big Meech. Given the circumstances, <laughs> you know, it wasn't that he was just out there being a knucklehead, reckless. He was standing up for his quarterback. You don't want to lose 15 <laughs> yards, but you want to you let the other team know, like, you know, this is my quarterback, right? There's a, a level of uh, respect you're going to give my quarterback. And also, just the job that he did on Isaiah Land. How many sacks did Land have? One? Yeah, one. And, and he just had one, one, one QB hurry, one, one sack. But he yeah, but hold on, hold on, hold on. But that sack was not on Demetrius George's side. Land was on the opposite side exactly. when he got that. Exactly. So he stu- he actually stunted. He actually so yeah. what he did is he went out and he came inside. That I, I think that that's the right terminology for it, where he basically baited the he baited the guard and the guard went somewhere else. And he had a clean shot straight up the middle to Shador. Hey, it, it, he got him on. But great, great overall job, man, of uh, um, handling him over there on that side. Definitely. Shout out to him. Uh, we, you know, he's a person who, I, you know, for, I would say he, that was a surprise seeing him being a starter and then to be the only holdover from the previous starting five on that O-line to, 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 be, uh, to be a starter in this game. It was just impressive. But, again, the O-line, we've been talking about it all season. How would this offense look with an O-line? So what are your thoughts on how the O-line performed and what we can expect this season from this offensive line? I, I think being that it is game one, because we have to put it in context, being that it was game one, I'm going to give them – I'm going to give them a B-plus. Okay. I would be willing to go A minus or even A plus if we didn't have well, I would say A minus if we didn't give up any sacks. But I can't go A plus yet because it is the first game of the season and we got so much longer to go. So we got to see the evolution of this thing. But I'm gonna go B plus, but that's still a far contrast from where we were at any point last season because it's nine day, y'all. <laughs> it's nine day. And the one thing we all can agree on too when we saw this team. That line is mean and stingy. That's the beautiful thing. This line has edge to it. And mind you, we're we're, we're an area offense, right? We, we're a pass-heavy offense with some nastiness to it because most of the time when you think of a pass-heavy offense, you think of a, a, a finesse lineman, you know? Not here. These guys play with a mean streak and edge and some nastiness to it. I urge you to look at any video whenever we get in the goal line. Just go take a look at 73. Listen to them. Listen to him. Your ears gonna perk up. That's what it's Patrick, by the way. He talked to you. So, uh, uh, but again, I would give him a B plus, man. They, 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 they look really, really good, man. But there's some room for growth, and we can actually get better than what we were in that first game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the grade out of the way. I'm gonna go A minus. I'm gonna go ahead and give him the A minus though, because I, I can't with that type of performance, man. I, I can't. Um, I, I, it's got to be an A in my book. I, I, I mean, take the minus or plus. I don't care. That they they got an A in my book. And here's why. For one, I, I actually shared this. Uh, it was several plays, but they absolutely dominated the, at the point of attack uh, throughout the whole game. And, and and really, as an offense, what you're trying to get, you really want to get about 300 yards passing, going to get over 100 yards rushing. They did that. They uh, we had a running game on Sunday. You know what I mean? Santee, shout out to them running backs. They ran hard, man. Shout out to Savion Wilson and, and J.D. Um, they, they got in there and they did their thing. But there were holes that were created. Um, I love the um, the way the offense allows the offensive line to block schematically. And they just they handled their business. Uh, if you go back to their Rico Powers touchdown and Shador through the Rico Powers, just look at the pocket. Just look at the pocket that was created. 
And to Corey's point, he shouted out Demetrius Jordan. Demetrius Jordan blocked Isaiah Land out of the picture. Like he was out of the frame. He was so far away from Shador. Now, shout out to Tito. Tito chipped him, but Demetrius had him handled. And you just follow on down the line. You got your guard and your center. Actually, uh, uh, they double team Gentle Hunt, your favorite name, though. And then you got your other guard coming down to take the other D tackle. And to your, to your point, Zoe, you just got Willis Patrick over on the right side just toying with him. But he gave up. He just basically, he couldn't move, couldn't move him. Shador had about seven y- a seven-yard circumference in the pocket. And I said, man, this dude could literally lay down and, and throw the ball from his knees. And that's something y'all know that gun well. Like, like Zoe said, you got to see it consistently. But there are going to be times where it, when, if it happens, then we'll grade harder. But based off what I saw on Sunday, I'm going to give the grade based off what I saw. Man, there's no way in the world you got two throwing the ball around the way he did and the way he uh, uh, the running backs ran. And, and uh, I got I to gotta doff my hat off to Coach Markinson. Yes. Coach Markinson caught a lot of heat. For the, for the O-line that we had, and he went out and got the, the players that Coach Prime told him, hey, you go get what you want. And he went and got what he what he wanted. They looked great as a unit. As a unit, as a whole, they looked like a band of brothers, and, and they, they dominated at the point of attack. So uh, kudos to the O-line, man. Very, very, very impressed with what we saw. And they dominated their, they, uh, they dominated in their roles. So that's who would get my game ball. If I was giving our game balls, I'm giving it to the offensive. I'm giving it to the big nasties up front, man, because without them, we're we not doing what we were able to do. So let's keep it with the offense, and this is something that we've all been looking forward to, this wide receiver unit. We, we'd always ask, we, we knew we were deep, but the thing we would always ask ourselves is, man, how, how are we going to get the ball to all these receivers? Like, who's going to be left out? Like, how is this going to work? Like, do we have too many receivers? So was your was your question answered on Sunday? Was that question answered? Well, for me, I, I never had any doubt. It went pretty much like I figured it would. I mean, we're not going to sit here and acquire all these guys knowing they're available to play and not utilize them, especially in the past happy offense. So it's pretty much just like the running game. They kind of go hand in hand. You know, we played four running backs on during this game. And we totaled up a good average between the multitude of the running backs. But again, Santee, I believe I'm going to go on top of my head. I believe Santee had about uh, nine carries. I think he ended up with 60 yards. Um, and then you go with uh, the, uh, yeah. uh, Santee was 13 for 65. 13. You see what I'm saying? And so we, we easily crossed, you know, a hundred yard threshold, but the same thing with the receivers. We're not going to have, unless somebody just, just have to get really, really hot and we're exploiting something on a particular defense. Yeah, of course, you're going to have a high guy with high catches and high yards for that day. And we never know who's going to get off. But even with that being said, we spread around to 12 different receivers. So right. with that, you know, we're going to have it where we're, I pretty much feel like we're going to throw to no less every game, no less than eight or nine receivers every game. And so, but. No, go ahead. I, I was going to say, and with that being said, it's going to create balance. You can't key on any one particular receiver. Also, that keeps everybody engaged. It keeps everybody's spirits up because they know they're contributing, mm-hmm. you know, and it helps morale as well. So, Man, uh, one of the things we, we learned from this uh, weekend was that Shador and the wide receivers, they have their own languages. Man. I mean, that's just something that was talked about. You had a chance to go back and listen to the game. I know being at the games a little different than actually watching it. 
But we run a, a tax style offense. I just I was so amazed at the way that each so this is this is we talk about that leap. <laughs> Cause this is a thing you can criticize Shador for last season. I felt like he showed favoritism in certain now, don't don't stone me for it, but I felt like sometimes that, you know, we know who his favorite target was. You know, we know Warren Newman was his security blanket, and then, you know, Keith Corbin was his primary go-to guy. But this year, you can tell that Shador has command of the offense, and it kind of feels like he's saying, you know what, I got to get my guy something. I got to throw him something over here. And you just look at how they use him. Dallas Daniels, man. Shane Hooks, man. Shane Hollywood Hooks, man, showed up on Sunday and did his thing. Had a couple Blur of tubs. <laughs> hey, Blur Nation all day long, man. And look, I, one of my favorite wide receivers that I saw in this offense that I was extremely excited about was not just Kevin Coleman. It was actually Cam Buckley. Mm-hmm. I call him Cam First Down Buckley now, man, because that that the way the way he his ability to come off the line, fit, find the actual hole in the defense, sit down. And this is one of the things, Corey and Joe, that was very impressive to me. They don't have, they don't have, they don't, they don't have a lot of wasted motion. They, they catch the ball and get up the field. And that's a that's a shout out to Coach TC Taylor and the, and the wide receiving coaches, the coaches that are working with these guys. Let them know. Look, you saw the real rack boys on display on Sunday, man. Mm. And I'm just telling you, you mm. hey, saw, hey, I'm just saying, you had Willie Gaines pop up on the screen. You got Kevin Coleman catching balls. You got. That's a good point. Hold on, to to your question, you didn't see Malachi catch a ball? You didn't see Trevante Rucker catch a ball? (laughs) Jonas Fertillian? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But when you look at the guys that actually played and got burned, um, man, it was uh, was impressive to see. And Shador actually did a good job of of spreading around. But not so much just the uh, wide receivers. I knew you were going to it. I, I hey man, I, yeah. I am. Have I prayers that I've been answered? Man, I am on cloud number twenty-one right now. We went to the tight end. I told us, I said, "Oh, we used the tight." End. I feel like I cry. No, right no, now. no, 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 Ken. We didn't use the Ooh. tight end. We used the tight ends with it. When was the last time a Jackson State you saw a Jackson State football game with multiple tight ends hey. catching passes? I'm gonna use those words. I'm gonna do you one better. <laughs> Core is over. The touchdown to Hayden Hagler, we had three tight ends in the game. I was like, what is this? What's happening right now? We got DJ Stevens on one side. We got Jesse Riley on one side. We line up a tight end in the backfield and come out like a fullback. I said, this is beautiful, man. I I could give Coach Bartoloni a big old hug when I see him. But, yeah, man, this core, not just having the weapons, but knowing how to use them, when to use them, and what situation, it was magnificent to witness. So let's talk about this defense and specifically the pass rush, because obviously the, what everyone was waiting to see is how would this defensive unit respond, specifically the D-line with the loss of a James Houston. So what was the difference between that pass rush that we saw last season, which was mainly James Houston, versus what we saw on Sunday? It was the exact thing that we said it would be, balance. Balance in numbers. But also, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell the whole world last year because <laughs> man disappeared, and I've been beating the drum for him. So now is when you see this. No, Zoe is going hard for you. I, again, yeah. that we person. Now it's Gaddy. Had a James Houston-esque performance. 
He should have had three sacks, but one got called back for an offset penalty. My man had two sacks. Two sacks. So I got to say this. So between last year's game and this year's game, Niles Gaddy has four sacks. Mm. How many does Isaiah, Isaiah Lane has? One. I, I knew he was going there. <laughs> hey, man. You done? I'm done. That's it? I'm done. <laughs> Hey man, no, uh, I mean, great points, man. And I, you know what, to add to that, um, if you look at the, the one of the things I say from the defensive line standpoint, I really liked the way the co- uh, coach Weeks utilized his personnel. Uh, starting uh, Jason Mercier, you got J- uh, Jeremiah Brown coming off the edge, and Al Gaddy coming off the edge, and then you got J- Devontae, uh, Devontae Davis getting that push. And he was, Devontae Davis was mainly. Just clogging up the middle for the most part. He was absorbing a a, a, a double team, but Miles Gaddy looked like a man that was just out. He, he looked like he was having some fun. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, he looked like he was having some fun, and he' gonna be a problem. I also like the you know I, I was happy to see my my my, my little brother Cameron Sim McCray come off and get the sack. You even had Justin Reagan, Mike B talked about it. Justin Reagan just come over there off the edge and, 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 and get a sack. You see Antonio Doyle come and get a sack. Everybody get got it. Hey, Everybody hey, got in on action. One, one more name to throw in there, and I know this ain't defensive line, but we're talking about sacks. JD, Jarente Davis mm-hmm. got the strip sack mm-hmm. with Big Juice. Hey, Juice, what they call him? Crazy Juice Rivers. Yeah. Hey, yeah. he grabbed that man, baby. He running down the sideline, man. But only he would have cut that thing back in. He would have scored. Hey, so but he, you know, he he on the defense for a reason. But this is to make the point. Zoe made the point already. Is sack and edge rush and defensive line by committee. Jer- you saw Jeremiah Williams get some burn. I mean, it was it was uh, <clears throat> you're gonna. I think we'll see that more often. It's kind of like whoever gets to the quarterback gets to the quarterback. You probably won't see the James Houston s type player on this team. But what you will see is, as we did in the previews, I think Zoe might have said it. You get now, got it. You get twelve, and Mercy can get eight, and Devontae Devontae Davis get seven. You pretty much uh, uh, make up for the production that you lose with the James Houston. So I, I like what I saw. So let's take it here, fellas. We because we we touched on it, and specifically Zoe, I, you you uh, casually kind of threw this out leading into this game, and I like how you uh, how you worded it. You, you said, uh, "Well, well, what if Jackson State's defense is better than UNC's?" You just kind of put it out there for people to just kind of – I knew where, where you were going and why you did it, but you just put it out there to put that thought on people's minds. And I, I know you have to be careful about what – well, you don't have to be careful about what you say because you say what's on your mind. But you don't want to come from a standpoint of blue and white glasses on. So you could have told the people that, look, our defense is better than UNC's. What you did, you put it out there and then you let it give, gave them a chance to see our defense. Now let's talk about it. Because we saw Musa just do his thing against UNC. Now you could say maybe they didn't. You know, we've talked about it. Maybe they did UNC. Maybe they did FAMU a favor. They didn't bring the rush. Whatever. But either way, we saw him do his thing. But against Jackson State in the first quarter, I saw a man who, to me, I think Musa kind of threw in the towel. He he looked pedestrian. And you guys can answer this question for me. At what point did you know that FAMU just laid down? Looking at their body language, I saw that early on. It was later in the second quarter. I was to me, I'm gonna say first possession, third quarter to me. I saw it earlier than that. I saw I saw a team that knew 
what time it was. They knew that they were couldn't be on the, be on the same field with Jackson State early on. Twenty-one zero. When it got to twenty-one zero, the goose was cooked. Body language changed after Shador threw that touchdown. I can't. I, I forget who. It might have been Dallas Daniels. After he basically, at that point, you go back and look at the next drive by Musa. It was. It was just one of them. You could tell the body language was was, was very bad after that. Well, it's kind of built on. And, 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 and to your point, Corey, the reason why I didn't say it and the reason why I asked in the manner that I did was because it goes back to what I always say. And I, and I mentioned this beforehand. Trust me, I understand the, the value in what I'm saying. I understand that it sounds preposterous. It sounds ridiculous mm-hmm. to say the very thing that I'm saying. I understand it. But the fact is what the fact is. And the head coach just happened to, just happened to co-sign what I'm mm-hmm. saying. FAMU's head coach after the game, stated that yeah. Jackson State was a much tougher opponent than what UNC was. So, and, and, and I get it because we're an HBCU, we're an FCS program, but this is a power five. And so, no, I don't jive in that. I don't, I, I deal with the facts. And the fact is, and, th- and I, I said this during watching the game, because again, I knew what we had and what we're capable of doing. Jackson State defense, and I'm going to look at the camera. Yes, Jackson State University's defense is a much better defense than you than the University of North Carolina on Tobacco Road, by far. That just takes on the coach prime mindset, though, because that just sounds so, like I said, preposterous. Like it's something that we just can't fathom. But Coach Prime has said from day one that this is he doesn't look at it like, oh, this is an HBCU. No, this is a college football team. Exactly. <laughs> what, 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 does, what does it mean? We're an HBCU. No, no, we're a college yeah. football team. Or it's Same thing. Right. Mo Williams, yeah. even more specifically, because in basketball, you, he said you, we literally compete for the same championship that the Power Five. Exactly. So, so granted, in football, you're not competing for the same championship as UNC. Right. But in basketball, you are so definitely. But Coach Prime, he took those those limits or those restraints because he doesn't operate like that. He's, he says, I'm a head coach of a college football program. So why can't my defense be better? Than UNC or Alabama's at that for that matter, because he said from day one he's going after the same players that Alabama goes after. And, and also, Andrew Ivins from two four seven put an article out yesterday. He came to see Travis Hunter. Walter was impressed with with Coach Deion Sanders, but he even stated that Jackson State's first twenty two, meaning offense and defense. Is on par with those of North Carolina. He said, "No, they probably can't go out and win an ACC championship this year, right i.e., Jackson State." But he said their top twenty-two is the same thing or better than what they got in North Carolina. Let me let me throw this out there though. I don't know why we so. I don't know why we we hesitant on saying it. Look at what UNC gave up sixty-one on Saturday and gave up twenty-four. But here's what I'll say. The players, it doesn't matter if the if the same players – well, let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. I know. If you I know take our 11, if you that, take that, our 11 players and put them in a put, UNC uniform, it, <laughs> they got a dominant defense. I'm saying – it's just that's what I said on – what we say on Sunday night, though. Why do we feel like that somehow when these players put a, get, get to an HBC – they put an HBCU uniform on. Somehow right. they just lose all their powers. Like, like, what is it? Like Mike? Right. We, like, we, like we, <laughs> we literally got the number one player in the country. Number one player in the country. You got a five-star cornerback that shut a whole side of a field down. Uh, you know, all right, let's do it. Let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. 
How many you had? Um, you had five sophomores that started, and it, every last one. So I'm just saying, when you go back and look at it, the, all the DBs were stars, star kids. Cameron Simmons, three star. Herman Smith, three stars. Travis Hunter was a five star. Jalen Hughes, three star. Isaiah Bolden, four star. You put that yeah. on any team in America, you're gonna have That's a hard time passing against. Well, I'm just saying, like, I'm just using them as an example, not to mention the linebackers, two, three stars. And who'd you say Baron Hobson was the 6'8 defensive player of the year? Georgia. You know, when I when I shared that with somebody, Corinzo, they said, well, did he get it? Oh, first thing they asked me, well, did he get an offer from Georgia? I said, well, who cares what he got an offer from? Michigan, he, he got an offer from, well, well, from all over the place. And that young man, Who's excited to be a Jack State Tiger? And this is yeah. what he said, Corey. I'm gonna shut up about that. Say this. Me and Zoe standing right there talking. We got a chance to take a picture with him. You know what he said? We're like, well, you're doing this as a sophomore. And what he said after that, Zoe, he said, I'm gonna, he said, I got two more years after that to do it too. I, got, I still got a junior year and a senior year to do the same thing. And it just lets you know his mindset is look, I'm young, man. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ride this wave and, and, and continue to get better. And um, I'm just saying, I don't think we need to. Pump the brakes when we say it. It's not hyperbole. It's not. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. You is averaging over 40. Well, the main thing, and this is the underlying thing that I try to bring to everybody, is that the most dominant football player in all of college football is Will Anderson in Alabama, right? And you can look at the most dominant quarterback, but there's only the the there's only one coveted generational talent in all of football and he's playing at 1400 Lynch Street. That's Travis Hunter. He's, at, he's on Jack State roster. Travis Hunter, I have to say this, he was, is, you can't minimize it by saying he was a five-star or he was a number one recruit. No, he was the highest rated generational talent in all of recruiting history. And he's playing at Jack State. And he's at 6% according to Coach Prime on Sunday and he was playing cornerback one and he locked his side of the field down. He was thrown to four times. He had two pass breakups. One of them should have led to a pick six. Generational talent, but yet we're but yet the same player because there's a transfer at one particular school. Yet he's going to struggle in the swag. Logically, it just doesn't make sense. And so I factored that in. And then you look at what North Carolina did, and they proved it proved me right again because they have their second game, and you make your greatest game. And we all know this, Woodfellas, from week one to week two, and they regressed after they played FAMU. So I'll add one thing. I think, Corey and Zoe, what, what we see taking place with this topic is that we're just conditioned to thinking that that could never be. Right. Coach Prime came in with his mantra, said, I believe. And we're now seeing the thing that we always hoped that we could see. And I, I, I said, what we hoped. So, so, absolutely. So, when I go out and say something like Coach Prime giving us the blueprint, this can happen at any HBCU in America. If you get the players, you can you have the same results because the players are the ones that make the make the players are the product. Players are the program. So, you know, we've had a lot of discussion around that, and and it's just it's beautiful to see it come to fruition, man. Because that team is locked and they loaded and they focused. They they very well coached, and that defense is gonna have it's gonna give everybody fits this season. Everybody, special teams guys. So last year, something as simple as a PAT, right? We're, we're on pins and needles, holding our breath. 
this game, you, you know, okay, so when you're watching football, the PAT, that's supposed to be a given. Like, we count a touchdown as seven. We don't realize it's six plus one. It's seven points, right? You can, you, it's how you learn how to – when you're a kid, you learn how to count by sevens because of football, right? But yeah. Jackson State – for a Jackson State game for the past year, year and a half, including spring season, we're actually sitting there watching the PAT, wondering what's going to happen. I found it so refreshing Sunday to not even look at the PAT. PAT. I, that's when you know. Typically, you you can get your phone or go to the restroom or whatever the case may be. That's what I was doing Sunday. PAT. I wasn't even thinking about. It. I'm looking at my phone, checking text messages and stuff like that. So, how refreshing is it? Something that simple, but something that we've been lacking for so long. So basically, all the kids in Jackson had to learn by sixes, right? <laughs> but I got. I tell you what, Corey. I'm gonna go in a whole different direction. The and, and model was great. But man, to be in that and watch, no, Sam Johnson. Yeah, I knew he's gonna do it. I knew it. <laughs> it was. A, I'm serious. It, TV is not gonna do it justice. It's a thing of beauty. The man, and he only had two punts. The first one, it was almost like a 50 yard punt, and and you know the 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 up back didn't. Didn't touch it enough time to pin them on the one yard line in the point of touchback. But the second point, you gotta that's what I'm saying. You gotta go and watch core until you gotta watch. No, it's it's watching the ball come off his foot. It's yeah. every it's watching the ball come off his foot, the elevation before it gets to the hang time. Because you gotta watch how the ball, the trajectory of the ball off his foot. I'm serious, man. We have yeah. weapon. We haven't had this. And then, it's, then when you see the ball, then you see the hang time. Tell me, because his point, his point doesn't go straight up; it go. Oh my God! I'm telling you, you got to see it. It, it, has a, it has a spiral, Corey. It spirals up, and then it then it hangs, and then it hooks and drops. It it, it, it is. But we got a three headed monster right now. This is the all three phases. We have a place kicker, and um, I want to say, um, uh, my guys. Baser, Baser was kicking the ball. I mean, he had some really good uh, kicks. They call him Alejandro Automata is what they call him. Cisenor is what Coach Prime says. Cisenor. But I'm, hey, I, to your point, it felt good to have. This is this is so cool, man. When you think about it, it's almost NFL esque because you got one play. Not necessarily NFL I mean, you got a punter and a kicker that do both place kicks. But to have a you have a place kicker, your field goal kicker, and a punter. That's all three different guys that's doing three different phases of, the, uh, of specialty. I, I, I got to say hats off to Coach Ricard. He did a really good job. Yes. Of, um, it's Gerardo Bazer. That's my I, I, his name. His name slipped me. But uh, Sam Johnson at punter. I mean, Bazer with place kicking and uh, Mata, I mean, looked pretty good. He got a uh, – <laughs> when, 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 when he kicked the three uh, – um, the three points to, to, to give us uh, the thirty-something yarder to give us 30. twenty. 20. Yeah, so from where we were sitting, it looked—you couldn't really tell that it was as close as it was. When you go back and look at it, I mean, it, it creaked on the inside. But to get it out of the way and see it to your point, I, I felt really good about it. We—I never even thought about last season anymore. After I started seeing him make them kicks, I said, "We good, we good now." <clears throat> so uh, shout out to Coach Recar for addressing that, and, and special team unit look great. So, having said that, does this team have a weakness? Yes. 
and and yes. before you say before you say the penalties, because I know Coach Prime, I can imagine how he feels about was it a hundred yards of penalties? Hundred eleven. Eleven penalties for over hundred yards. Yep. So when I say weakness, I mean something that you may not be able to correct throughout the season because that's your personnel. Last season, the O line was a weakness, and we had those were the players that we had. We could try some different schemes, we could switch some guys around, but at this at the end of the day, we had to wait until we got another recruiting season in to upgrade. Kicking game, same. There's not much we can do to improve the kicking situation throughout the season. Penalties, that's something that you can clean up. So we're going to assume that the coaching staff is going to clean that up. So let's not consider that a weakness. Okay. So I'll re-ask that question. Does this team have a weakness? Meaning that we're not going to be able to fix it until de- December when we get when we get another recruiting class in. I, I, I would say right now, as of week one, I'm going to say. One. It's week one. We as get it. As a week Based on one. what we've seen, if we can continue and obviously even improve, does this team have a weakness? As of week one, no. You know, the, I, I, I talked to Ken earlier. I, I, in my own heart of heart opinion, the only thing that Jackson State University really needs to concern themselves with is staying grounded, staying focused, and um, keeping their eye with some tunnel vision on the opponent. But I know because of Coach Prime, they're going to have tunnel vision because he's going to apply pressure. He's going to keep his, his foot on their neck, literally, uh, to stay focused on the task at hand. I think as long as Jackson University doesn't lose focus, doesn't overlook an opponent, or and and and, and I believe they'll come prepared. If they do those three things, then no, this team does not have a weakness. Let me address that, Ken. Uh, Joe, I know, Ken, you want, you want to jump in, but let me tell you why I don't think that'll be a problem because of the depth and the competition in, in practice. You can't become complacent. So if there's a guy who looks at the schedule and says, oh, that's Valley next week or whatever, guess what? There's somebody, a third stringer, who didn't start last week who has an opportunity to move into the, the starting lineup against that Valley. And we're using Valley for an example, right? So guess what he's going to do? He's going to give it his all in practice. So there may be a guy here or here, here and there that may lose focus, but he'll just get replaced, and he may not even make the trip. I would say it this way, man. As a complete football team, this is about as a this is probably arguably the most complete team I've ever seen Jack State have yes. at one time. And I this is not this is not forget to this one. I'm it's telling true. you. Yeah. From top to bottom, it's true. All three phases of the game, the level of depth, to your point, the level of competition, the magnitude of the coaching, the coaching additions strength and conditioning, in spite of the circumstances that we're dealing with as a city, as a community. Um, my goodness, man. I am I am just I was blown away. I mean I'm 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 like I said, man, we it, it, it's 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 a great day to be a JSU Tiger. I'm it I'm is. serious. This was uh and look, this ain't got nothing to do with what we talk about, but man, they put on a retro blue and white on, on Sunday. And that, that it just it just it felt nostalgic, you know what I'm saying? But this wasn't I ain't never seen what we saw today, what we saw on uh on Sunday. I never seen that. I've seen dominance in, in certain areas, but we would struggle over here. Like you have a really good defense and subpar quarterback play and a crappy kicker, but this is the most complete team I think I've ever seen. After week one. Now granted, like you said, it has to be consistent. That's why I said if we if we continue to see what we saw, that's what I mean. But 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 based on and I agree with you, man, because uh, Coach Shot, 
first thing he said was, man, we got to go one and no this week. Back to business, back to getting focused. So what that tells me, for him to put that out there, for Coach Brewster to put that out there, it tells me that this is the dialogue that they're having, Coach Bartoloni. It's a one and no mentality every single week. They don't think about 13 and 0. We say that. That's us talking. They look at one and 0. They look at their opponent. They look at what's in front of them. But yes, um, based off the way you worded it, this team does not have a weakness from a unit standpoint that needs to be addressed in offseason from a recruiting standpoint. They'll just be able to do their regular due diligence when it comes to recruiting and continuously trying to out recruit the guys that they got in the room. And remember, we have to be mindful that as dumb as we were and everything to go into your question, this was the third ranked HB, third ranked team in all of HBCU football that we did this to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about that depth, but we weren't at full strength. You know, if you just look at some names, some key names that, you know, either didn't make the trip or didn't get into the game or didn't get much playing time. But obviously Malachi Whiteman, no Malachi Whiteman, obviously – no Shiloh Sanders, right? No Katron Evans. Evans. Yeah. No, who else? True Thompson? Frankie Burgess? No True Thompson. Frankie Burgess. I mean, no Big Boosie. You didn't see Big Boosie. You didn't see uh, Jelani Davis. You didn't see um, some some key names that were out there. Uh, you didn't see them uh, make this trip. And it, it's not to say that they won't. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you another name that you didn't see. Mm-hmm. You didn't see Tony Gray. Tony Gray. Yeah, he's, yeah. I'm just saying, like, if if he was there, I missed him. He wasn't. You know what I mean? He wasn't. Tony Gray is an all-swag player, man, you know, returning on the the squad and and didn't even make the trip. I mean, so my point is, if them guys that was that that didn't make this trip was looking at that game the way we was looking at it, you can bet your bottom dollar they're going to be playing hard this week at practice. You know that bus going up to Memphis. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can bet your bottom dollar on that one. So I, I absolutely believe that, the, like you said, Corey, the level of competition. I had people asking, how about Sergeant Turley? You know what I mean? Like, did, did he make man, it's, yeah, so Cooper, many. it's so Cole many. It's so many, man. Jackson Berry. So many linebackers that are in that room and, and, and DBs and um, they make the trip. I tell you what, to, to add to your point, Ken and Corey, you know, we sit there and we talk about the opponents that we're going to face on, on, on the weekend. But Coach Prime made a statement earlier um, in the uh, summer workouts where he pretty much said, you know, we talk about robbery. He said, no, man, the robbery we're going to have is going to be a practice. Practice. Well, our toughest game is not going to be Saturday. Our toughest game is going to be it's, tomorrow. It, it looked like a scrimmage for Shadur in that offense. It, it looked like <laughs> it looked like a scrimmage. I can, I would imagine that it's tougher for those guys in practice. That's, see, that's another thing, too. Like, my nephew was with us, and, and he said, he said, oh, man, it looked like that. It looked like Shadur was practicing, man. It, it was. I mean. He said it looked like a practice. He said. And, but you know what? Speaking of Shador, we asked this question on one on our preview, right? Mm-hmm. And Matt Vitale and, and Norman Douglas didn't make the trip. Grayson, shout out to Grayson. Grayson yep. Thompson. He he secured that, that third quarterback spot. You know, JP Andrade obviously back up QB2, but I, I, I wanted to mention that. Oh, and then the other quarter, we had solicit quarterback. Three of them didn't make the trip. So yeah. it just speaks to the level of depth. But uh, but that goes to, you know, the thing as well, you know, saying that the toughest game we have is going to be on tomorrow. It's going to be the toughest game. Mm-hmm. But, but, again, but when we say that, again, it sounds preposterous 
or, or, or you know, or pompous to say that, but it's factual. And and I'm not saying it with any arrogance. It's just it's factual. The I toughest. Mean, no, this is how you look at it. You, <laughs> you ask yourself, will this offense face a defense as good as our defense? No, because we have the best defense in the swag, right? By far, the best defense in HBCU football. By far, do we have the best defense in FCS? I mean, it hasn't been proven, but could we possibly? Is it fair okay. to say it could possibly? Okay, very well could possibly so, be. Okay, Absolutely. so based on that, that means that they face their the toughest defense in practice. That means they won't see a defense as tough as what they see in practice. Exactly. If I had to, but let me let me throw this in there real quick. If I had to name one team that I would think that would give even the closest when it comes to defense, I'm gonna say homecoming, man. I just, I just, 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 just bookmark that for me. And I'm only saying that core is over because of the speed that the defense plays with. I got to dunk my hat off. I know they had the second rank recruiting class two years after us, and the speed jumps off the uh, off the field. So, I mean, maybe what they saw. I mean, they did play against a team that run a triple option. So maybe we, maybe I didn't see what I did see. But you're all right. I think they are facing the best defense in all the FCS, and I don't think it's coach speak. You can throw North Dakota State or anybody else you want to throw in there. I'm telling you right now, Jackson State has the number one defense in all of FCS. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that, and I don't. I ain't gonna bat an eye about it. What we saw was pure dominance. Listen, we scored three times, man, and it could have been four. Scored, scored in all phases of the game as well. But Shadur told us this at Swag Media Day 2021. He told us about this defense that he's facing in practice, and that defense has gotten even better. It's safe to say. I think it's finally safe. We've been kind of hitting at it, but people on the outside said there's no way you could leave with Luther James, Houston, and then even in Antoine Owens as well, and you know a couple other guys in the secondary and be better. But I think we showed that we're a lot better. All right. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.